Hello, everyone. This is Sherry Rice. Welcome to Access to Healthcare's weekly podcast, where we bring you local guests on topics of interest to you and your family. Today, we are talking about how COVID-19 has affected our local real estate market. And my guest today is Michelle Attaway. Michelle is a realtor and certified residential specialist with HomeGate Realty here in Reno. She's been in the real estate business for over 20 years and is a licensed realtor and has been for over 10 years. Welcome, Michelle. Hi, Sherry. Glad to be here today. Yes, thank you so much for taking the time. We know that it's been um, a crazy few months in many ways. Um, COVID-19 has affected, I think, every part of our society. Uh, So many people out of work, so many changes. But let's go back to um, mid-March, which I asked a lot of my guests to do, and is when we first thought that COVID was going to reach our community. Um, How did that affect how you do business as a realtor? Well, I think I immediately thought that it would change the way we do business. And it would probably create a lot of uncertainty for buyers and sellers because people would be worried about getting sick. Um, I thought that we'd probably enter a more virtual world with uh, virtual tours being more available online, things like that. And then I thought um, Reno would probably start seeing an influx of people from more populated areas. You know, we're seeing a lot of Californians, of course. But um, I have clients from as far away as New York wanting to move to Reno because it's a smaller town and less populated. Oh, that's interesting. Um, mm-hmm. We've always attracted uh, Californian people to come here, but that's interesting that people would be coming from other hotspots because they think that Reno, is it because they think we're safer? I think they think we're safer. We have more open space, so, you know, I... I don't think sometimes we recognize how packed in people are in other cities. That's true. I know that uh, whenever I go back to New York, I'm just overwhelmed. You're absolutely right by how many people can be in a square foot there. Right, exactly. So let's go back to what you um, what you said, change the way realtors do business. Um, let's, let's drill down into that a little bit, Michelle. So any of us who have um, interacted with a realtor on buying a house, uh, you look at the property, you talk to the realtor, everything's really in person as you're either going and looking at many houses or you're talking to them about what your needs are and what your payment can be. How has that changed? Well, I think that clients are, instead of just calling and saying they want to see a house, they scrutinize the house a little bit more. So if um, the house has a, a 3D tour or some sort of virtual tour, they'll take the time to watch that. They'll do some research on the neighborhood and the schools. Um, They'll often drive by the property before they make an appointment with me to see it. So um, so just a a little bit more thought beforehand, before actually asking to see a property. Yeah, they do a little bit more research. Right, exactly. And maybe, um, maybe look from a virtual tour and driving by, then they would be able to hone it down a little bit. And by the time they call a realtor, they have a sense of what house they truly want to look at. Right, exactly. Let's talk about those virtual. If if you were giving someone advice that wanted to sell their house, would you give them the advice that they should put a lot of time and effort into the virtual tour because more people are looking at that? 
Well, I think that um, a professional tour is always helpful when you're selling a property. So, and a description of the location is helpful as well now. So, and then also if your clients, if your buyers um, don't want to actually enter the property, you can always go in on your own. The realtor can go in on their own and do a video tour, you know, like a FaceTime tour um, with the clients. So the clients are, um, you know, in the comfort of their current home. You're in their possible new home giving them a video tour. So I've been doing a lot of that lately. So for a house that is empty, that seems like a little less of a risk than walking into a house and doing a tour of a house where people are already living there. Right. So when we enter a house uh, where people are already living there, I always have a mask on and booties and gloves. And the homeowner has usually left all the lights on and, uh, you know, the doors open to the bedrooms, et cetera, to minimize any uh, touching of surfaces in the house. Oh, I see. Okay. Mm-hmm. So so first, if someone does the investigation, and Beatrice, who's taping this, is looking at uh, purchasing a house, so she's paying real close attention to that. <laughs> so it sounds like Beatrice uh, is to do your homework first. You know, really, right. what do you want? What neighborhood do you want to live in? Uh, looking at the homes for sale in that neighborhood and then driving by and really scrutinizing the ones that you want to to take a look at. It minimizes your risk if you get it down to just a few. Is that Did I get that right, Michelle? Yeah, I think that's accurate. And then, you know, listen to your realtor because sometimes um, there might be a home that the realtor, through years of their experience, thinks might be a good match for you that you might have discarded for one reason or another. So, you know, there's always the exception to the rule, right? So if we're looking at a virtual tour of a house, what are the things that we should be looking for? Because uh, if we're used to walking through, you know, and seeing all the closets and looking at everything, on a virtual tour, what usually can you see? Well, I think a virtual tour is, is very similar. You just might not be able to tell the size of the rooms. So that's that's one of the challenges of the virtual tours. You know, the, the camera just distorts things enough that a room might seem smaller or larger than it actually is. So, But a virtual tour can give you a good idea of the floor plan. And if it's um, a floor plan that seems attractive to you, then all the more reason to schedule an appointment to see the home. Okay, so give me uh, give us some advice as when you're choosing a realtor, what are we looking for in that person? Well, you're looking for someone that has experience in the market, and right now, um, with where the market's uh, going, we are very low in inventory, so um, good homes are going quickly, and sometimes uh, good homes are receiving multiple offers. So you want a realtor that can um, educate you so you're prepared when you do find the right home to make an offer. And if you want to be competitive, look at how you can be competitive in a multiple offer situation. And how, how does one become competitive, Michelle? Well, one becomes competitive by um, writing a clean offer uh, with not a lot of contingencies and over-asking. Okay. So over the asking price. Okay. And um, how has 
COVID affected the sellers? It doesn't sound like it has affected sellers that much if we have low inventory in uh, in our county. Well, I think that's that's exactly how it's um, impacted. Well, it's impacted the inventory because sellers are less willing to to list their occupied homes right now while there might be a risk of COVID. Oh, I see what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what we're yeah. saying is that there's probably people that wanted to sell their home, but they're not doing it right now with the risk of COVID because of all the things we just talked about in the last few minutes, which is people coming right. into your home. Right, right. So they're just sitting back. And, you know, right now um, a lot of people are refinancing their homes because interest rates, um, today on the news, they just announced that interest rates are an average of 2.98%. So that's the lowest interest rates have been in the last 50 years. Oh, for goodness sakes. I haven't, yeah. um, I haven't looked at the news yet today. So it's down to 2.98%. So refinancing is something that that person might do instead of selling the home. Right. Instead of moving, they just might sit tight right now and refinance. And that's contributing these lower interest rates and people refinancing is also a contributing factor to our low inventory that we're experiencing here. So somebody who um, who wants to sell their home right now, doesn't want to refinance, um, what, what precautions can they take with people coming in and out of their home um, to take a look at it? What are what are the sellers doing to remain safe? Well, um, what they're doing is providing um, booties or shoe coverings for their homes. So when you come in the door, there's shoe coverings that you can wear as you look through the property. Um, hand sanitizer. Um, some um, people are providing masks. Um, so those are some of the precautions you can you can take. And then also the homeowner can turn on all their lights and leave doors open, et cetera. Right. So do you require when you uh, meet with somebody, whether you're meeting in the office or meeting them at a property, that they wear a mask, Michelle? Absolutely. Yeah. Everybody wears masks. So yeah. the minute you pop out of your car, you put on your mask. So. And, and you, um, you were telling me that the local real estate board has created a COVID-19 entry advisory form. Mm -hmm. um, can you explain that to us? Well, the form basically just um, talks about uh, what the risk of exposure might be, um, you know, that you're taking a risk by entering a home or having people come into your home. Um, it cites the stay-at-home directive that the governors put forth. Um, it talks about that real estate activities actually are deemed essential by the governor. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, and... On that point, let me just divert there for a minute. We're, even though uh, real estate agents are, or real estate activities are considered essential, we are not allowed right now to show properties that are tenant-occupied, and we're not allowed to host open houses. Oh, so okay. Did are, this happen when the governor uh, put the mask order in place? And when we um, Actually, it happened back in April, Oh, okay. And looked like it would expire in June, but it's been extended till the end of July. And uh, oh, that's I interesting. I, yeah, I don't have a crystal ball, but I imagine uh, might be extended a little bit into August or September. So that means that if I'm selling my house and I live in my mm -hmm. house, I can't show it. 
No, if you if you live in your house, you can show it. You just can't have open houses. Oh, I see. So, okay, no open mm-hmm. houses. Yeah, you can show it yeah. on an individual appointment basis. Right, but no open houses where you know you advertise it in the newspaper and online and oh, invite okay. you know anyone who wants to drop by. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that, that yeah. pretty much makes sense, doesn't it? Yep. I think it's a a good idea. So yeah. Uh, so it's basically um, what this form says that you know it's it's really just um, um, covering all the the liability issues that are involved with looking at property or having your home for sale during these COVID times. So. Yeah. Well, and these are all good things to figure out. I mean, COVID's not going away for quite a while. We probably have another year left to. Um, to have certain policies put in place. And mm-hmm. a lot of people, COVID has hit everybody in different ways. And the interesting thing is life goes on, people still buy houses and sell houses. And so this becomes a very important topic, I think. Um, right. Is this a good time to buy a house? The As you said, the interest rates are getting lower and lower. Um, is this a good time, even with the shortage of uh, of product to look at? Well, I think it it is a good time. Um, you know, if you find the home that you think is the right and perfect one, it's a good time to jump in and, and make the move. And I don't see inventory increasing dramatically or prices changing here in the foreseeable future. Um, you know, I've, I've already had clients um, asking me about foreclosures or short sales happening because of the employment situation, mm-hmm. but frankly, we're just not seeing that yet. Um, and this is a little bit different than the 2008 recession. Um, you know, the government has stepped in, and one of the things that homeowners are offered is forbearance, um, so to kind of re-engineer their payment schedule with their bank. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to prevent a lot of uh, foreclosures and short sales here. So, Oh, good, because, yeah. of course, that's always a huge um, concern as people lose their jobs. And as you say, it is a good time to buy a house only if you believe that your job is stable and that you have enough money for a down payment. Correct, yeah. If you have, um, you know, you want to make sure you're going to be in your job for a while, and then you also want to make sure you've, saved up some money. There are ways to buy houses. You can get an FHA loan for as little as 3.5%. Or if you're a veteran, you can purchase a home for practically nothing down. So uh, very little down payment. So there's different programs for people. But again, I think you just want to make sure that it's the right decision for you. And if not, go ahead and rent. The only thing when you're renting, you're paying your landlord's mortgage and you're not building equity in an asset for yourself. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, so we also, you also told me that the existing family home, the average is about 407000 for the median right. sales price. Right. That's up just about 1.8% from last year. So we have so a shortage of homes. We probably have a real shortage of homes underneath that, uh, below that 407000 right? Right, right. I think, you know, occasionally I'll receive a call from someone from out of town who's looking in Reno for 250000 And that's just, you know, you can purchase a, a condo for that amount of money, but finding a house in that range is very difficult. So, Well, and the, the, um, the market has gone up 
increased quite a bit in the last couple of years, hasn't it? It has. It has. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Reno is no longer uh, a cheap place to purchase a home. Right, right. I mean, next to California we are. Right. <laughs> I don't know. You know, some parts of California, I, I can't name specifics, but some parts of California I would say that the um, the prices are comparable. And, uh, you know, you might get someone into Reno from uh, Texas, let's say some places of t- in Texas, where they'll say to me, boy, I could buy twice the house in Texas. So, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, it's a little bit different market now. So, so with and, home, you know, go ahead, Michelle. Well, and we have a lot of uh, cash buyers coming in too. So, you know, even for the million dollar plus properties, uh, there's no shortage of cash buyers. So. Hmm. That's kind of sad to me um, that we have so many cash buyers that come in from out of state. You know, I'm, I'm bringing up Beatrice again who would like to buy a home and uh, they live in Reno, they're committed to Reno, they'll raise their family in Reno, their jobs are in Reno and then they go to make an offer and a cash buyer uh, cuts it out from right under them because they have the cash. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, you know, if you put yourself in the seller's shoes, um, the cash buyer is usually more of a sure bet, and that's why they're taking those cash offers. And the cash buyers often are not, um, often they're not offering less than the list price they're offering more than the house was listed for and paying cash. So it's not as though cash gets you a great deal. It's just that you're in a, a better position with cash because the seller doesn't have to worry about your loan. Yeah, and I, mm-hmm. I understand all of that. I mean, it's yeah. a fair market and fair market value, and right. uh, it, I get all of that. It saddens me, though, that somebody from out of state that probably is to right. turn it around and make it a rental is keeping somebody possibly that is committed to our community from being able right. to purchase a home. And I have to tell you mm-hmm. philosophically, Michelle, I have a mm-hmm. problem with that. But I also understand that uh, it's a capitalistic society and that's what we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, I often encourage my buyers to write a letter to the sellers that I include with the offer and tell the seller a little bit about them and their family and you know, why they love the house. And uh, sometimes that can make the difference. So, Yeah, uh, so the sell- and that's a good point. The seller, I know for myself, if somebody loved my home as much as, you know, I love it or, you know, and I'm selling it, that would make a difference to me because I know they take good care of it. Right, and you know that they appreciated it, and they're buying yeah. it because of, you know, it had a beautiful yard with beautiful gardens or a, mm-hmm. a fantastic kitchen. Yeah. And um, sometimes the seller will say, well, that's that's what I want to do. You know, the offer might be a loan or it might be a few thousand dollars less, but I'd rather it go to um, this buyer who's going to live here than, than someone who'll turn the home into a rental. So that happens. Yeah, so... Yeah. Are we seeing much, and you you mentioned it a few minutes ago, uh, short sales or foreclosures the way we, we did quite a few years ago? Nope, not. Less than 1% of the sales are um, bank-owned properties right now. So we're just not seeing those come onto market. And why do you think that is? Well, um, we just haven't had a lot of short sales or foreclosures. I think the market is healthy. Um, since the last recession and the Dodd-Frank Act, 
the uh, lending guidelines have tightened up quite a bit. Right, right. And, um, you know, people aren't getting in overhead, over their head and, uh, you know, in payments. And I think that um, home buyers remember what happened during the recession and they're just a little bit more careful of the commitments they're making. So I see a lot of buyers right now who might be qualified, let's say, to purchase a home in the six to seven hundred thousand dollar range that want to stay between five and six. So they're they're being a little bit more conservative. So I'm wondering, and of course we can't look in the crystal ball six months from now mm-hmm. as people are out of work and they don't they can't uh find a job or a job that paid them as well as maybe the one that they were laid off from, whether we have a problem with that. Right. Yeah. yeah, no one has a, a crystal ball to, to see that. But hopefully these forbearance programs that allow people to defer payments to the end of their mortgage, um, hopefully those programs will help folks to stay in their home until, you know, they have alternative source of income or something happens with a government program. You know, again, it's hard to tell with a, without having a crystal ball because we don't know how long this is going to go on, so... So do you think that this summer is a good time for someone to buy a home? Oh, yeah, I th- I definitely. Because if you want to start building equity, I think there's no better time to start. Just start now and start building that equity. And, uh, you know, maybe before you retire, have your home clear and free. So go into retirement with a house that you don't have to make a mortgage on anymore. I think that's the great American dream. So. Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> right? Yes. We all want to be there. <laughs> we all want to be there. So what, let's go back to somebody that's um, selling a home or someone who's buying a home. What are the features that people uh, look at the most? What is it that when they call you up and you're their realtor and they say, I want a home that has these things, what are the most popular things? Well, it all depends, you know, on the person and their specific situation. But I think with COVID, we're seeing a lot more people that want a home office. So where they might have only, you know, uh, wanted a three-bedroom home, they now want a four-bedroom home or a three-bedroom plus a den. I think that's that's become really important. They also want to make sure that they have um, um, have a nice yard. Uh, because people are spending more time at their homes and in their yards. So, and then um, I've also, um, with some of my clients who've gone back to work but not been able to have childcare for their kids, they've wanted to um, have an extra bedroom for the in-laws to stay in and maybe take care of the kids while they're at work. Hmm. And then... um, Here's a, a kind of a quirky one. People would like a separate laundry room. So I don't know what that's all about, but I think uh, <laughs> maybe less dry cleaning, more uh, using your washer and dryer. <laughs> well, that's, that's interesting. I wouldn't have thought of any of those. You know, it's it's interesting how different things change so much of how we think. And it's fascinating to think that COVID has really changed the kind of houses we want to buy. I mean, I I hadn't even thought of that until you said it, that that extra bed, we're working at home, you want a yard because everything is shut down. You you know, that's absolutely fascinating. Well, looking into into the future, Michelle, and I know none of us have a crystal ball, but, you know, COVID isn't going to go away anytime soon. Over the next six months or into, what do you think for the rest of 2020 is important for people to know 
about um, shopping for a house or selling a house? Well, I, I think inventory is going to stay low. I think if you're buying a house, just get out in the market and, and start looking at properties and start making offers on ones that you think might you know, fit the bill. Um, I think for sellers, um, you can't just put any house on the market and expect to, to get top price. You know, you need to have um, a house um, that's in good condition and priced correctly, and that's still what's selling. Um, I think that everyone looking at houses or selling a house, you know, needs to take precautions. Um, and some people will take more precautions than others, right? We've seen that in our society. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, you do you. Everybody needs to um, take the precautions that they're comfortable with. I also think that people need to be respectful of others. So when you're a buyer, you know, looking at a home, and if that seller asks you to put gloves on and booties and a mask, you make sure that's how you enter their property. So we just all have to be respectful of each other. Well, that's a, a good thing to end this on, Michelle, is that we all do have to be respectful of each other, whether it's uh, going into the grocery store or whether it's a real estate transaction. I want to thank you, Michelle, for being a part of this podcast. We've been talking today about the impact COVID-19 has had on our local real estate market. My guest has been Michelle Attaway. She's a realtor and certified residential specialist with Homegate Realty in Reno. She's been a real estate um, business person for over 20 years, and she is a licensed realtor. Thank you, Michelle, for giving us this very valuable information. There's so many different aspects to COVID, and certainly real estate is one of them. Thank you for being our guest. Thanks, Sherry. Be safe and be well. Yes, and thank you, everyone, for listening. For a list of our podcasts, go to accesstohealthcare.org slash podcast. And as Michelle says, be safe, and I'll add one more thing. Please wear your mask.